Hey there, Courageous Leader. Looking for a place to connect, share, and collaborate with other ambitious, impact-driven powerhouses? Well, look no further. Join me and dozens of other bold, action-oriented women in leadership in the Leaders Lounge. The Leaders Lounge is a no-cost monthly meetup for listeners of the show and my broader She Leads community so that we can come together and uncover opportunities to collaborate with each other and magnify our impact. We meet monthly on the fourth Wednesday of every month. Details to save your spot for the next no-cost meetup is in the show notes below, or you can head over to sabinegideon.com forward slash lounge to register. Again, that's sabinegideon.com forward slash lounge to register and save your spot. I'll see you in the lounge. Thank you for joining me on another episode of She Leads Now podcast, where we help career and entrepreneurial women gain the tools to develop a success mindset, create winning strategies, build collaborative relationships, and take bold action towards creating impact and fulfillment in their lives and careers. I'm your host, Sabine Gideon, and I'm on a mission to awaken and activate women and emerging leaders so they can tap into their innate leadership ability elevate their influence, and create the impact they were destined to make. If you're ready to up-level your confidence, courage, and influence, you've come to the right place. Join me weekly for insights, strategies, and resources to help you grow, develop, and embody the leader you were meant to be so that you can make the impact you know you are called to make and establish the legacy you've always dreamed. The world eagerly awaits the emergence of your brilliance, impact, and influence. So with that, let's dive into this week's episode. Welcome back to another episode of She Leads Now. I am so excited to bring you today's guest, Lisa Virtue. She has an amazing uh, story to share. But before we get into her story, I just want to tell you a little bit more about her. Lisa guides conscientious people around the world in their career journey and helps them land their ideal job. She is dedicated to empowering women in career transition offering mentorship to these clients in addition to career coaching. She is a certified senior professional career coach and an experienced resume writer and certified change management practitioner. Lisa brings over 20 years in leadership positions, recruiting hundreds of people as a hiring manager and landing in the executive suite herself. Well, welcome to the show, Lisa. In your own words, you know, share with us your career journey. Sure. Thank you so much for that introduction. Really, to summarize everything that I do, I do two things. And I've done it for 20 years in my first set of my career and now as a career coach. And that is help people gain clarity on their opportunities and on who they are at their core and also help them gain confidence. So if you take all of that and package it, you can see that in so many places in the workforce. But I chose to pursue being a career coach during the pandemic. Prior to that, I knew that there was something it was kind of egging at me, like a lot of women, well, a lot of people, I shouldn't just limit that to women. A lot of people during this great resignation have come to that same conclusion. There was something just not fulfilling them, not satisfying them. And then looking around and seeing so many brave people make a huge change during the pandemic and lockdown, either forced or wanted or welcomed, they just said, what about me? (laughs) What about me and my journey? I was actually one of the first people, I think, that made a huge, shocking 
risk move after I had to unfortunately lay off a lot of my team as an executive, I decided to quit my job. And that was in July of 2020. So it was pretty early on where, you know, we were in lockdown just a few short months prior to that. Everyone as parents, I'm a parent, my daughter's six. She was about to head into kindergarten. We had no idea what was going to happen with schools. And we were in Portland, Oregon, which was one of the last ones to open. So we were looking at kind of this long-term effect as parents. So I'm the risk taker. I'm an instigator. I'm a starter. That's also why I do this work. And so it's not a surprise to me that I was one of the first ones to make that leap, but also saw that so many women in particular in leadership roles, in positions of power, got to that point of just saying, enough is enough. I can't keep sustaining a job I didn't necessarily really love and my family and compromising all of that. So I can talk about that all day, but (laughs) I'll hand it back to you. That was just a little bit about me. I chose to look back and reflect on what was the work that I love to do? And it was every time I was able to help someone with clarity, help someone with confidence, help them figure out how to create a resume that will stand out among hundreds of other applicants. How do you connect with that hiring manager when you have an opportunity? And because so many people are making a change, I wanted to step in and help the women that were going back to work, were changing jobs so they could stay home and have a remote position, for instance. And so my mission became helping women, but I do work with both men and women. Male advocates are so important, as we know, as well. And so helping the men that also are conscientious and are good advocates of women fills my bucket as well, because I know that getting them into the right positions of power and leadership will help the women that also need opportunity. Part of this great resignation, you know, many women were were caretakers, right? So they went from not only uh, being whoever they were at work, but now they were an educator, they were a babysitter, they were all these things. And so that that's a lot of, of load emotionally, mentally, physically, that they unexpectedly, almost to an extent, uh, had, to, had to face and had to figure out how to deal with. And so it sounds like you were in that same boat as well with your daughter being young and trying to take care of her and you're in a, you know, executive role in your organization. And so what do you believe to be the catalyst for you, right? Because we all have, and, you know, I I came up in corporate America as well, and there have been many moments, right? You come out of a meeting and you're like, I can't do this anymore. But then you get back up and you come back in the next day. So what do you believe for you was that, that catalyst or that nudging on the inside that said, you know what? This is this is my time now. The beginning of the answer to that was those 16-hour days where I was sitting on my dining room table. We didn't even have our office figured out yet. And my husband and I both were working from home. My mom was there as well, and she also needed caregiving. So my mom and my daughter would be on devices almost all day because we weren't we couldn't go anywhere. Even the parks were shut down that summer. Like it was insanity as a parent. (laughs) We didn't have a very big yard because we had just moved into the city to be closer to work. All these things led up to it. So we were just really kind of frustrated as a family. And it created this environment where health should have been paramount. And we were hoping we'd have more time to work out. We'd have more time to prepare food. 
And I was sitting at a table 16 hours a day in meetings that went nowhere. And it was back and forth. We also had new leadership. So there was already going into the pandemic, so many changes occurring at work. And then unfortunately, some of the leaders around me made some poor decisions about not spending enough time with the leadership team. And so I wasn't getting the support I needed either. So there were requests I was making, there were asks I was making for my team in order to make sure that we were mentally staying sane as well, because we had so much load on us. And those requests were going unanswered. So that was a big part of it, was I didn't feel supported. The environment I was in was not something I wanted to do long-term anyway. And then there was gender bias going on. So there were decisions being made with men that women were not even part of the conversation. There was also, I was in a unique organization where there are volunteer committees. And what was really unfortunate was a lot of the women on those committees that were not staff were also going to the men and not coming to us women and asking our opinion, even if we were the subject matter experts. So I constantly saying, you know, and this is not the first time I had seen that in my career, but women supporting women and women empowering women, we cannot take that for granted. Because we still have so much work to do in that space. So unfortunately, I was dealing with it like kind of full circle all around. My husband is an amazing partner. And my situation had nothing to do with the mom had to do it because that was how the structure was. We were really, really equal partners. I know a lot of moms had that situation going on where it was their husband had no interest in being home with the kids or or didn't have the skill set or the capabilities. I would say that was not my experience. But my husband had the retirement job. He is respected. He um, is the one that can grind all day and be okay with that. And I was like, there's more for me. There's something else out there. I've got to do something that now is the time. I will also mention that, especially being in Portland, Oregon, the Black Lives Matter movement was something that was incredibly inspirational to me. And so having that right literally on our street, we were having parades and celebrations and protests every day, basically, where I was living in my neighborhood. Looking at a group of marginalized people and seeing, this is the time to stand up for yourself. This is the time to be inspired and take a stand on what is right and what is wrong. And so that really motivated me and moved me internally to say, you know what, I am not being treated the way I need to be treated. And I don't feel like this is the environment for me. I can't keep doing this. So the last straw was there was an example of a gender bias situation. And it was a Friday. I looked at my husband and I said, I won't send my letter until Monday, but I'm letting you know I'm quitting. <laughs> I cannot keep doing this. And he was like, okay. Let's talk about financially how we're going to do this. So I took that big risk and I just chose to walk away. Kudos to you, right? Because it takes a lot of courage to get to that point. And not even just in the resigning and walking away piece, but getting to a place where you are examining what's important to you and what do you value and how are you being treated or what's not aligned with what you're being treated. I think that that takes a lot of courage to do that inner work, if you will, before you even get to the place of saying, hey, here's my resignation letter. So kudos to you for doing that. And I love the fact that, you know, it, it's, it's like a, a perfect storm 
probably you don't love it because you had to go through it. But it sounds like it was a perfect storm between what was happening at work, what was happening with the pandemic, what was taking place in your home and certainly what was taking place in society. All of that came together to kind of shine this light for you on, you know what, there's a different path for me. And so I, I love your story. And now you're doing amazing work in helping both men and women go through that same process during their transitions and getting the clarity and the confidence. So I'm curious, you know, even before you got to the place of I'm done, from what I understand, had really uh, accelerated your growth in corporate environments. So would you share a little bit more about, you know, what do you think are some of the key things that allowed you to be so successful in which you were able to climb up the ranks and step into leadership roles pretty early in your career? Yeah, I think a pivotal moment for me. So early on, I was kind of in a niche, a niche role in a niche environment. And one that people don't necessarily, there are some schools that will train you in this, but don't necessarily go to school for. And I kind of found myself in that from side jobs I had had. And that's aquatics management. So managing aquatic centers and it rolled into fitness for me. I was very passionate about exercise and fitness and wellness, created a lot of wellness programs and youth programming, anything around like a recreation center that you would imagine or an athletic club. And so everything around that space became what I was so passionate about. And that was helping other people, of course, but helping them transition and emerge into a better version of themselves, really get down to those value systems, what is important to them. That part of the work I loved so much that my passion propelled me to work very hard and put my nose down and do the work. There's a lot of people that start out in their career and they want to set boundaries, which I completely agree with, but sometimes so hard nose that they don't take a stretch assignment or they don't volunteer to take on another opportunity to prove that they're ready for that promotion. I did all of it. Did I do it all right? No. I learned so much along the way. I'm very open when I make mistakes and I always had a great rapport with my managers and my supervisors. So that I would ask, what, what is it that you need to be successful? How can I help you be successful? So helping your leaders and your supervisors themselves be successful perpetuates them wanting to support you, right? It's a give and a take. So when people hire you, it's to delegate that work and not have to micromanage you and not have to come in every day and tell you what's going on. There were a lot of times that even my own managers, we would joke about ask for forgiveness and not permission. There were times that was an example as well, where it was, you know what, I know this is not a large risk. I'm going to try it. Let's see how it goes. So I was very blessed to be um, given opportunities to be able to grow myself as a leader as well. I would say a big, big change for me was in 2009. So the recession happened. And so my husband and I looked at each other and said, oh, my, my job at the time was not even giving me any kind of retirement. They weren't investing in us with a 401k, for instance. I had nothing that looked long-term with the organization. And so I thought I should really look around for something that is a little more stable if possible right now. And I was fortunate to get recruited. And then we moved to the Bay Area. With that application, it was so interesting. They asked a pivotal question for me. And it was, what kind of leader are you? Okay. That was one of the first times I had had that very direct question. And how would you describe your leadership? And this was part of 
the recruiting questions just to screen you out. And I thought really hard about it. And I put down what I recognized in myself was that I'm a coach. So from 2009, I really started analyzing and doing a lot of self-reflection because prior to that, it was a lot of grinding. It was, you know, experimenting. It was growing programs. It was learning how to be a leader, going to conference, doing all that professional development myself, and then turning it on. How can I best support those that are coming with me? How can I bring them on board and help them feel motivated and inspired to do their best work? And then I started creating professional development courses for my teams. And so that was, I think, very pivotal to my opportunities later was that then I had those stories to explain to my supervisor, to the executive team when they were looking at how can we inspire a team? How can we create change that will stick? I was like, oh, I have examples because I did all of this with my teams over here. And so that was able to lead into those stories and being able to connect. Right. Something that stuck out for me was the, you know, taking on the tasks that like no one wanted. And so I had a former manager, she used to call them dots, development opportunities that suck. And it it was true. You, You took on those opportunities that nobody wanted. And those are the very opportunities that, you know, eventually opened doors or created opportunities for you to connect with other individuals, connect with different managers or different leaders within an organization that had nothing to do with your immediate job description. So uh, I love the fact that we had a similar mindset around how to continue to grow and, and develop. And it looks like you took those opportunities and really took initiative uh, on many fronts in terms of like stepping into the leadership capacity without even having to quote unquote be expected to be a leader, having the title to be a leader, which proves my point. So thank you for that, that leadership has nothing to do with a title or role, but is it's an innate ability that we can tap into at any given point and which we do on a regular basis. So thank you so much for sharing that. Speaking of, you know, taking on these opportunities and, and getting exposure to different individuals, As you think about your career, how much or how little maybe has networking played a role in your success, in your ability to, you know, get exposure to new roles and new opportunities? Yeah, it's huge. It's the number one thing that I say anyone should always be working on. Being part of associations, having colleagues that you can go to not only helps you with best practices around your industry and knowing what's going on in the industry, it also can personally help you along the way. And approaching it, I I call it meaningful connections versus networking. Actually, we'll be at a conference next month talking about this exact subject. And it's around, you know, networking has this connotation. It's kind of an ew word. (laughs) People are like, ew, it doesn't feel right. And it's because you have this old vision of, people with name tags walking around handing out their business cards and feeling so inauthentic like a used car salesman you know not offending anyone that is that's listening to this but <laughs> you know the reputation that title has so having having a clear strategy of how you approach those relationships not from the angle of what can they do for me but what can you do for them and it's fascinating because now i also see the connections from, you know, 20 years ago that I began that have helped me along the way. 
And when I was up for a promotion or up for a new opportunity and I needed a reference prior to being able to tell my current company I was leaving, for instance, being able to call on people that I had worked with prior and having them always advocate for me was huge. You have to have those people that you're staying connected with and always, again, approaching it from, how can I help you? Reaching out periodically, saying hi, just brand recognition, personal brand. That's really what we all are in the workforce is we're a personal brand. And so how do you keep your name as a brand at the forefront of people, letting them know what you're doing? And talking to people, even in your personal network that have nothing to do with your job, especially with people that are early in their careers, there is a lot of myth or just the separation of like work and play. We want to separate it completely. But your personal brand transcends both. And there are people in your personal life, you could look around and say, I don't even know what they do for a living. I don't know what Uncle Larry over here does. I don't even know who he knows, right? And so having intentional conversations and asking those questions and from the approach of, I would like to get to know you more, it has nothing to do. You're not going to say, I'm looking for a job. Can you help me get a job? Of course not, because that is where it's you. <laughs> That's icky. But just having a conversation, people want to get to know you. Don't worry about talking about work as long as it doesn't overwhelm your relationship, because that is a huge part of you. Work and life go so hand in hand that I definitely believe in boundaries and I definitely believe in being intentional with it and having your space. But if you don't ever bring it up, it will be hard to have those opportunities because people will just simply not know. They'll think that everything's going good for you and your job and your career. Great. And they kind of park it over here. But if you share that with them and you let people know you're looking or you are exploring opportunities, you'd love to hear more about what they do. People love to help, but they don't know how to help until you ask them or tell them how to help. Right. That is a really, really great point. And I love the fact that you call it uh, meaningful connections because I have been diligently trying to move away from the word networking just because, you know, it, it triggers some people. But it's also the, the term, if you will, that most people recognize. So I, I love that you found your own little uh, unique branding of how to speak about it there. And I, I think it's, it, you're absolutely right. It's so important that networking isn't necessarily about just connecting with people when you want something. It's about really, truly building relationships with individuals so that if and when, right, you want something, it, it's not an ask. It's more of they've, they already know and they're willing to help and support you. Um, one thing that I, I would ask, you know, over the course of your career, right, obviously you've, you've learned the hard way in some cases, right? And, and you've done some really, really great things that have allowed you to advance. You've also supported the growth and development of staff members. And now you're supporting your clients in terms of their growth and their development. As you look at your career and as you look at those who are on the come up, if you will, the emerging leaders, those who are coming into the awareness of their clarity, of their confidence, of their mission in life, as you look at you personally, is there anything that you would do differently that you think, had you done that, perhaps you could have gotten here sooner? Or is there anything that you're just like, man, if I could go back in time and just do this one thing or show up this one way that it would have made the difference for me? Oh, yeah. We, 
have so many of those stories, don't we? Something that I make sure to do as a mentor, especially to women who are early in their careers, and that can be any age because it can be a woman transitioning to a new career, is to remind them to be authentic and true to themselves. Because anytime I look back and I say, oh, that just doesn't sit right, or oh, that was a big mistake, that was when I was inauthentic or I wasn't true to myself. I listened to someone's advice, but it didn't feel right for me. Anytime that I have something that happened where maybe it was politics, right? Anyone going for an executive suite position anywhere, let me tell you, there are going to be politics. Doesn't matter how great the company is because we're human beings. That's just how it goes. So I would say that if I had known about coaches in the space earlier, of course, as I was going into the executive suite, that was when I felt like it was worth my money and my time was to hire a coach. And holy cow, if I had done that sooner, I probably would have been more authentic to myself and understood best practices sooner. There's so much power in having someone just hold the space for you. You know, we have partners, we have friends, we have family that want the world for us. They don't know how to help because they are not in that position. And so it makes a lot of sense to pay someone for their time to hold that space for you and also ask the right questions and bring forward that clarity piece. What do you really want? And then reflect for you. So the confidence that I talk about with my clients, a lot of times it happens with the resume where we are having conversations, we're digging into what they've done. I'm pulling forward everything I know about the job they're going for and what that hiring manager is looking for. And we put it in a way that they see it on paper or on a screen and they go, oh, that's me. Because they had not recognized it for themselves before. And I think if I had had someone like that early on in my career, you know, I knew that about myself, but it's so much easier to clean someone else's house, isn't it? You can go in, less noise, there's no distractions and you can focus on the task at hand. And it's about us. There's so much noise and this cloud bubble of what we've done in life, not just our jobs, that it's hard to pull down the relevant pieces. Knowing that I was an entrepreneur, I knew that about myself, but I wasn't willing to let go of the golden handcuffs. I wasn't willing to sacrifice, you know, my remodel of my home at the time. If I had done that sooner, maybe I could have helped more people. Mm -hmm. So I think that would be my only regret is being able to do this work sooner. Great. However, I also believe that the universe puts us where we need to be when we should be there. So I would have lost out on a lot of the good and bad stories and experience I have now to pass on. Yeah. And that's a really great point because that's what makes us uh, or helps us relate to and empathize with our clients when we can understand like, hey, I I know the mental roadblock that you're facing right now, or I know the limiting belief that's showing up and let me help you work through that. I mean, yeah, we're coaches. So naturally, (laughs) naturally, we want everyone uh, to be coached because it's it's such a powerful gift to give to yourself. And, And you're correct. You know, as I was coming up through corporate America, the only people who got coaching or whenever you heard about coaching were the senior executives. And that was either because they were identified as high potential or it was remedial and they were one foot out the door. And so I'm glad that in the space that we're in now that more organizations are making coaching available to all levels of the organization because it, it can only help them become better. And when people have clarity around who they are, 
around what they value, around what they stand for, they show up a lot more confident. They show up differently. And they model that for the people who they're mentoring or they're managing. And so it just becomes this ripple effect of people who are confident in who they are, trust what they know and what they're able to do, and have this mindset of, I want to support you. Because once you get that clarity, you want everyone to have that. Like You want everyone to be like, oh my gosh, I know who I am and I know what's important to me. So I can I can go on and on about coaching, clearly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> but I, I'm glad that you brought that up as like that thing that you would do differently. So as we wrap up here, I just have a few rapid fire questions for you. So as leaders, I'm, I'm a firm believer that we should always be learners. So I'm curious, is there a book that you're currently reading or a book that you have read that has been critical to your mindset shift around leadership or how you show up as a coach that you would be willing to share? So yes, we mentioned boundaries earlier and how they are so important. And there's a way to take on those opportunities, but still have boundaries with your boss and with your family. And so I love to listen to books while I'm getting ready, while I'm driving. It just saves me a lot of time as a mom, a working mom. And so Set Boundaries, Find Peace. I don't know if you've heard of it by Nidra Glover Tawab. I hope I'm saying that right. It's an amazing listen and book and she has workbooks with it as well. And I would highly recommend that for anyone that is looking to make sure their boundaries are healthy. And she gives a lot of tips on how to approach loved ones with boundary conversations too. We could do just an episode on boundaries. <laughs> <laughs> all in itself. Like I, I feel like that for the last year and a half, that has been a learning point for me. So uh, great uh, recommendation. We'll include that in the links below. Now, in terms of, you know, routines, right? I, I'm a true believer that as leaders, in order for us to be successful, like it requires discipline, it requires consistency. And a lot of that starts with how we start our day or perhaps how we end our day. Do you have a success routine, if you will, that you follow every day or maybe most days that you feel has really helped keep you uh, disciplined and focused being the business owner that you are today? So I try to make sure that I have time to have breakfast with my daughter every morning before she goes to school so that we get that connection point and it sets us both up for feeling connected with others going into the day. So that is a big routine that we have. And then at dinner, we always do a gratitude exercise. So it's just my husband, my daughter, and I now, and we talk about what we are grateful for for the day. And so that it's unlimited. You have to do a minimum of one thing. So if you had a bad day or you're not feeling it, you still have to find something you're grateful for, um, but you can share as much as you want. So we have gratitude exercises. I would love to say that I journal every day and I get up early and work out every day. I am not quite there, but I am a work in progress as well. And I am working towards that. I highly recommend it. Working out when your body feels the best to do so. And then working at home. This is a boundary that I, you know, going back to your question of if I had done something differently. When the pandemic first hit, I wish I had known that my husband and I needed separate spaces completely because we shared an office for about six months. It did not work. So when we moved out of the city to have a little more space and be in a different environment, I was able to get my own office. So that was huge. So having 
every day having us, my husband and I try to check in with each other, but give each other space is another kind of routine we do and say, have a great day in the morning and doing those niceties with each other intentionally is another thing that we try to do. So having connection, especially if you're working remote and you're not able to see people in person as much as you used to, I highly recommend finding some kind of routine around our people connection. So that's what we've been um, trying to do. And then water, that's the other thing. Holy cow, I found that I'm working remote and virtual. I used to be in a facility that water filling stations everywhere. And so I was constantly drinking water and walking around the facility. And when I started working at home, I realized I was dehydrated most of the day. So I got myself, finally got myself a big old jug I fill up every day. And then I have my water cup and I just make sure I'm drinking all that water. That definitely helps me stay focused also. Going back to the first two that you said that, that really are extremely important. All of them are important. But spending that time with your daughter and like setting her up for being in that mindset of connecting with people. I, I think that that is absolutely beautiful. And the gratitude, I, you know, gratitude can change any attitude, right? Like no matter, like you said, no matter if you've had a bad day, as long as you can think of one thing that you're grateful for, that can completely shift your perspective on, you know, what's available. Like you, right, with the exercise. <laughs> I tell myself that I should do gratitude every day. Like there are, there are seasons in my life where I will literally, before I go to bed, I'm writing down three or four things that I'm grateful for for the day. And those seasons, I, I can't even begin to explain it, how much that shifts how I see the world. So I, I love that you incorporate that in your day-to-day with your family. As we wrap up here, I, I want to make sure that the audience knows how to connect with you. They know what you're working on. So if you would, this is a two-parter here, you know, what special projects are you working on and how can the audience connect with you? Great question. So Lisa Virtue Coaching is my website, L-I-S-A-V-I-R-T-U-E, just like the word virtue, and then coaching.com. I'm on LinkedIn and I accept all new friend requests. So, and I do call them friend requests (laughs) because I feel like we should support each other there. And I have a new series, which is also on LinkedIn and my YouTube channel, which is Lisa Virtue Coaching, and it's female mentor conversations. So trying to connect with people like you, Sabine, and women that want to give back to other women. So talking about what we learned, what we wish we had known early in our careers, and then asking these women to share their expertise. So for instance, the first one this series was about breath work. So I had a breathwork instructor come on and she leads through an exercise. So you can find that on YouTube and we go live every other week is about the schedule right now that we'll be doing. So come join us for that. And I do group coaching, which is a little more affordable for, you know, we were talking about women earlier in their careers having access to coaching and finding that, finding that confidence sooner. My big mission this year is to try and get more women to invest in themselves and have coaching so that they can experience the magic of that. And so I do have group coaching that is a little more affordable for that group as well. We will have all of those links and Lisa's handles in the show notes, as well as her book recommendation. And I'm going to ask you one more question because we're on a podcast, right? It only makes sense. What is your favorite podcast or what podcast are you binging now? Oh, Oh, that's a good question today because this morning I had listened to Armchair Expert with Dax Shepard quite a bit when I was commuting back before the pandemic. 
for some reason, I popped on there today and it was Kristen Bell, his wife, jumped on and has a series about women and talking to some female powerhouses. And they also interviewed like this next generation of younger women. And so it's called, it's Armchair Expert and it's called We Are Supported By, which is kind of a play on that. So they interviewed Sheryl Sandberg, Reese Witherspoon, Kim Kardashian, Abby Wambach, Diane von Furstenberg, Gloria Steinman. So it's just, it's a really cool series. So I would say, check that out if you want to hear from some powerhouse women and some really intellectual conversations. Awesome. Thank you for that recommendation. I'll definitely have to add that to, to the list as well. Well, with that, thank you so much, Lisa, for coming on, for sharing your journey, your lessons learned, giving us even some insight and tips on how to navigate climbing the corporate ladder or just navigating your career. All of Lisa's contact information will be included in the show notes below. Be sure to connect with her. Let her know that you heard her on the She Leads Now podcast. And again, if you need her services or you need her support, don't hesitate to reach out. Thank you. And we will be back next week. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of She Leads Now. Be sure to join us next week for another transformative discussion to help you grow, develop, and embody the courageous leader you've always been. Be sure to subscribe to the show to get alerts when new episodes drop and join us for our next Leaders Lounge meetup on Zoom. Details and dates for future sessions are included in the show notes below. So take a look there or head over to sabinegideon.com forward slash lounge to register and hold your spot for the next session. Again, that's sabinegideon.com forward slash lounge to grab your spot. Excited to connect with you all inside the lounge. Talk to you soon.